let's talk about that briefing that happened yesterday. I was surprised. Like, I, I didn't think we were going to yeah. have one yesterday. Then all of a sudden, there's one going on. Gee, was it just two months ago we were told these things were over, that, you know, we're restart is here and uh, everything's fine and we got this thing under control and we don't even need to have regular briefings. Instead, we got uh, Adrian Dix and Dr. Henry short notice briefing yesterday. Uh, I think a lot of us went, well, this can't be good news, and it wasn't. Um, an explosion of cases now in northern British Columbia. Health Minister Adrian Dix saying very significant pressure on the health care system. A fairly sobering briefing with uh, Dix and Dr. Bonnie Henry and new restrictions in the north. Um, we were supposed to be entering phase four of the restart program next week. Instead, uh, they're scrambling to get on top of this thing. I always find, too, that with these briefings, especially when they're unexpected, it means that we should brace ourselves. Yeah, because if yeah. they're having this, it means that they're seeing something that we yeah. have not yet, the numbers have not yet been released. Yeah, and this is about, um, you know, the first thing is, uh, you, know, you can recriminate all you want about it, but the fact is the Delta variant is much more transmissible. Dr. Henry said the other day, it, it takes a smaller dose to to give you COVID-19. Uh, yes, uh, we don't have enough people vaccinated um, to really get on top of the thing. Uh, it's going to take a lot more than we have, although vaccinations are up. Um, the one thing we did hear about Northern BC yesterday that was encouraging is that since they started ringing the alarm bells last month, um, there's been a big jump in vaccinations in the North. And, and that's good news. I mean, I think that's still the the way out of this. Um, you know, Adrian Dix uh, used the number again yesterday. Uh, once you once you analyze the numbers, you're what thirty four times more likely to end up in hospital with COVID nineteen if you're not vaccinated than if you are vaccinated. That's a a powerful number and uh, one that everybody should memorize. Um, the other thing that really jumped out at me yesterday, though, Simi, was was they. I think one of the things they wanted to do was to respond to these calls from particularly some leaders in the north for the government to hold off on the vaccine cards, the the requirement to be able to show that you're vaccinated mm -hmm. to get into some businesses. They, they rejected that out of hand. And in fact, Dr. Henry, in one of her more powerful explanations we've heard lately was, look, you know, we bring in what we think is necessary to protect people, but also, first of all, to protect the healthcare system. So we're bringing in requirements because what we've discovered is the vaccine is spreading through public indoor gatherings. When they trace the contacts, where did you get it? That's one of the first things that crop up. So we've got you're going to be restricted in your ability to take part in public indoor gatherings. Um, if you don't have a vaccination card, if you can't prove you're vaccinated. So that was interesting. Um, we also discovered yesterday, we always discover things in these. Uh, it's in the news now today. The uh, registration procedures for getting your phone ready or your paper record that you're vaccinated, uh, that's coming on Tuesday. 
It's not a rush job, Simi. The, the, the cards are supposed to be in use uh, September the 13th, so you right. get the procedures on Tuesday right after Labor Day. Um, you're not going to have much time to get up and get registered if you don't have it already. That makes me feel like what they really wanted out of this exercise was for people to get vaccinated. Right. Yeah. In anticipation yeah. of this thinking that, OK, yeah. now I'm I think that's what it really was. It was a carrot. Yeah. No, I think that's true. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> you say carrot. I say carrot. Some people see it as a stick. Um, I guess it could be taken as both. Uh, Dix emphasized that yesterday. He said, you know, this is about you being able to do stuff. You're going to get this card so you can enter businesses, go to restaurants, do, uh, you know, go to hockey games, go to concerts, right? That, that's the incentive uh, for you. But, you know, I guess the flip side of, of some of the people that are opposed to the passports or the cards, whatever you call them, is, no, no, they're trying to use coercion, right? They're trying to take away your rights and your freedom and your access. As I said, I'm on the carrot side on it, but yeah. I guess it's also a stick. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a bit about what's going on on the federal election front, too, because I saw this Andrew Weaver video yesterday, um, and I thought, is Andrew Weaver even with the Green Party anymore? Uh, not really. Yeah. Uh, you know, this time last year, he bailed on the B.C. Green Party, endorsed John Horgan for re-election, um, and, you know, I mean, I think Horgan was destined to be reelected anyway, and I think Horgan's own polling told him that. But uh, Weaver was out there saying, you know, he's the guy who should be our next premier or, or our continuing premier. And it was uh, angered some provincial Greens who felt that, you know, Weaver had betrayed the provincial party. But anyway, he did what he did. Um, he'd been relatively quiet since then, although once in a while he weighs in on something back at the university, back teaching. But, uh, yeah, he says he endorses uh, Justin Trudeau, the federal Liberal Party, because they have what Weaver regards as the only plausible plan to fight climate change. Um, and Weaver took a shot at the federal Green Party, which is a separate party from the B.C. Greens, but he took a shot at them uh, for their infighting. Well, the infighting isn't news, I guess, but uh, I know there are some B.C. Greens who are supporters of Sonia Furstenau who might say that Andrew Weaver should talk about infighting. He fueled enough of it in the B.C. Green Party. I was wondering Party. about that, yeah. Big news, though, in this sense. Because the New Democrats are targeting um, one of the green-held seats here in B.C., the one up in Nanaimo. Just Jagmeet Singh has been in there a couple of times campaigning already. Paul Manley is the, uh, is the MP and other New Democrats. It, it's funny, uh, Weaver's endorsement of the federal liberals may actually help the, the federal New Democrats win that seat because I think if the, sweet, the seat is going to switch, it's more likely to switch to the NDP than to the federal liberals. That's an interesting one, right? And right now, I mean, the Greens don't seem like they gained any traction at all in this election. No, I mean, their internal troubles are, are oh, yeah. well documented. I know you've had federal uh, analysts on, David Aiken and others, saying that, you know, the new federal leader spending all of her time trying to win her seat in Toronto and the odds aren't great. Um, I was out for a road trip uh, last week and we went through... Uh, Elizabeth May's riding. Uh, she's got signs everywhere. Um, I don't think anybody expects her to lose her seat to anyone. Uh, May, May's a fascinating character, right? Her, her launch press conference, she's on a walker because she's had replacement surgery for her hip. 
Um, but I was thinking, looking at the signs, I was thinking, you know, May is kind of already a, a political heritage site as much as an MP. Um, I think she's going to be okay, but uh, yeah, the, the Greens are worried about what's going to happen to their seat in Nanaimo. Interesting. All right, more to come. Thanks, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Cindy.